Greetings and welcome to episode 35 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Dwork, and uh, hey, it's it's good to be back in the mic again. <laughs> uh, it's officially August, which means training camp is next month and right around the corner. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be pumped about the Panthers this season. They had a great year last year, and there's no reason to think the team's not going to be improved. Uh, we'll get into some of those reasons uh, on this podcast. Um, I want to look at the Panthers offseason today. Uh, for, it was a busy couple of days at the NHL draft from actually drafting guys uh, to a pretty big move, pretty, pretty big move that Bill Zito made on uh, the night of, well, the night going into the second day, overnight, whatever, you know, I remember it was with the Reinhardt trade, but there it is. The Sam Reinhardt trade was huge, and uh, we'll certainly get into that. Um, and then also Bill Zito doubled down on a lot of the decisions he made last offseason. A lot of the guys he signed, a lot of the one-year show-me deals or two-year deals, whatever. Uh, he locked up a lot of those guys, you know, longer term now. And uh, we're, we're really starting to see Bill Zito not just put his stamp on this team, but, you know, really uh, lock it down. Uh, but first, a quick dive into uh, what the Panthers did at the NHL virtual draft another virtual draft as we are still in the grips of uh, the coronavirus pandemic and i hope on that note that everybody out there uh, has been staying safe and that your families are healthy and that everybody is doing everything they can to remain uh, safe as we you know maneuver our way through this crazy pandemic so uh you know lots of love to you guys please do what you can um but yeah so the draft once again virtual Everybody was home or with their families or whatever, which, I mean, you know, at least the NHL did a little bit of a better job with that this year than last year, having so much time to prepare. Um, I will say that from what I saw, the broadcast, uh, it was pretty blah, pretty boring. Uh, There wasn't really anything exciting. It was the draft. It was the picks. It was, hey, here's a draft pick. Hey, let's talk to the player about being drafted. Hey, let's go to the next draft pick. You know, there wasn't really much analyst. Uh, I think I saw Elliot Friedman show up maybe twice uh, with basically news that had been already out for like 20, 30 minutes, uh, just because they're not going to him with giving him a chance to get it out there. Everything's already getting broken. So, you know, compared to like what the NFL did with their draft, where they've got like, you know, guys like Schefter and Rappaport and everybody popping in uh, with these uh, crazy scoops that they're holding off on Twitter. So, you know, it was pretty vanilla. I'll, you know, that, that's basically my beef with the draft. It was fine. It was, you know, just nothing special about it. So, yeah, Florida, because of their awesome season last year, because they played so well, because they finished with the fifth most points in the entire bleeping league, uh, yeah, they weren't going to get the best draft pick. Uh, they, they did get knocked out of the first round, so they ended up with the 24th overall pick, which actually ended up being the 23rd selection only because Arizona didn't make a pick. Well, didn't. They did make a pick in the first round, but they didn't get their pick. They had to trade for it. Arizona lost their uh, first-round pick thanks to, uh, I believe it was the way that they scouted some players at the Combine a couple of years ago that was illegal. So, anyway. Yeah, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here's a rambling, Dave. Um, <laughs> the, um, the Panthers, with the 24th pick, took this flashy, speedy winger out of the USHL, Mackie Semiskevich. Um Caught the draft room, and my media colleagues and I, a little off guard because maybe he wasn't one of the guys that was high on the draft board. Um, but again, this was such a crazy draft year. Uh, a lot of the kids that were taken didn't participate last season because the the Canadian Junior Leagues didn't happen other than the QMJHL. There was no OHL. There was no WHL. Uh, those leagues didn't happen because of the virus. So some of these kids that were taken, the only real uh, showcasing they did was like at the World Juniors, uh, which Matthew did not play in. Um, so 
but yeah, he did play last season in the USHL, so he was somebody that you did see. Um, and he had a good year. He had two good years in the USHL. Uh, Bill Zito said that uh, this was a kid that they were really bullish on. Uh, they were thrilled, he said, when Mackey fell into our lap, is what Brito said, or what Zito said. Um, uh, Zito also said that he, quote, plays with an edge and is a, quote, dynamic winger that can, quote, provide offense and grit. Uh, and those are a lot of the attributes that you hear Zito when he talks about the guys that he brings to the Panthers as NHL free agents. It's those X factors, the grit, the effort. The, the work ethic. Uh, those are the things that he brought into South Florida with the, a lot of the, the guys that are really changing the culture with the Panthers. So, you know, it makes sense, obviously, uh, for that to trickle down to the guys that they're drafting as well. And it seems that Mackey is one of those guys. Uh, he's definitely relentless, hardworking. One of the things that I love about him, the more that I read about Mackey over the last couple of weeks, watched what highlights I could find on YouTube and things like that, is his speed. Uh, he's very quick, not just with his skating, but with his movements, with the way that he controls his body. He can do everything at full speed, which is pretty impressive for somebody so young. And, and to his credit, uh, he said that for Florida to take him, he was so excited that he saw a lot of Florida. I think he said he saw a ton of Florida games last season and uh, just is excited to be a part of what they're building here. Uh, I know that uh, Mackie and Zito's crew, they did have good meetings, you know, probably all on Zoom, obviously. But, um, you know, so there was. it seems like they were pretty happy uh, to take this kid in the first round. And, uh, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on him in college. He's committed to the University of Michigan. So that's where he'll be, uh, you know, for, you would think, at least the next couple of years, depending on how well things go for him there. But uh, Michigan's got a lot of top-end talent coming their way uh, to go with what they already have uh, up there in um, in Ann, Ar- Ugh, Ann Arbor, I believe, is where Michigan is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Mackey's probably going to get showcased a lot this year, and the Panthers will be able to... Uh, to really see if he can grow, which is the the thing on on Matthew. The one knock really is uh, his consistency has been inconsistent, and uh, that's something that uh, obviously you know for a teenager it's something that takes a little time to work on. Um, a good thing in that regard is uh, Matthew did just wrap up playing with uh, Team USA at the World Junior Show Summer Showcase that they have every year with I believe Sweden and Finland uh, up at the uh, the Team USA headquarters in Plymouth, Michigan at their rink. And uh, Mackey played very well, uh, had a couple of really nice goals, a couple highlight real looking goals, uh, one really nice pass that I can think of from in front of the net. And uh, one of the one of the things that I was reading about Mackey uh, earlier today, actually, from that tournament was that his consistency was there, that he was one of the more uh, the more noticeable guys in uh, Team USA's uh, forward group. Uh, and by all accounts, it seems like he's done a good job locking himself up with a spot on uh, the U.S. World Junior Team for the tournament that's going to be coming up uh, really in just a few months. You know, it's always bridges the the new year, you know, starts around Christmas, ends the first week of January. So, uh, or the first couple of weeks of January, I don't know how long it's going to last, but um, yeah, it should be pretty exciting. I mean, last year at the World Juniors, we... Panthers fans got a treat with the goaltending clinic that went went on between Spencer Knight for Team USA's World Junior Team and f- now former Panthers prospect Devin Levi and the, um, the shocking and amazing run he had uh, with Team Canada. Only shocking because he when going into that tournament that Canada didn't even know which of their goalies would be the starter. And then Levi comes, uh, you know, really out of nowhere to, to backstop the team to a silver medal. So really impressive and, uh, you know, 
Hopefully Devin continues on that path with Buffalo. <laughs> it's hard to even say that out loud right now because of the shit show happening in Buffalo. But, you know, hopefully by the time uh, Levi makes his way up to the towards the NHL, uh, Buffalo, the Sabres will have uh, a little bit better grips on things and turn things around for his sake. But anyway, I digress. So just, uh, you know, wrapping up the thought on Mackie, uh, look, for, for a kid that was taken in the 20s in the first round, it's you never know exactly what to expect. I wouldn't put uh, any kind of pressure on him coming to the Panthers or even turning pro for the next couple of years. Um, but look, for, he, for a guy his size, uh, he's like 5'11", 190. So you would expect, you know, maybe he'll put on another 10, 15 pounds while he's in college. Probably not going to get much taller uh, being that he's already 18. But uh, look, being that size with speed, if he can just bulk up in the strength area, there's no reason to think that he can't uh, that he can't convert, uh, translate to the NHL. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Michigan. Um, in the second round, Florida took a left shooting defenseman in Evan Noss. Uh, excellent skating defenseman, which is kind of you see a trend with Florida's back line. They like they like a lot of good skating D. Uh, good size on Noss six foot two 186 so same with as i said with matthew you would think when you're that tall and you're only 186 pounds he's gonna put on some weight and fill out that frame pretty nicely uh 22 points in 32 games in the qmjhl last year again the only canadian junior league that went on during the pandemic and stout said that as the season went on he got better and better which uh, is again that's the trend that you want to see from somebody that age and particularly defensemen which uh, you know as you guys know uh, probably the hardest to develop out of any position in hockey. They take the longest, which is why when you got a guy like Aaron Bleeping Ekblad who can step into the league at 18 years old and do what he did, yeah, amazing. Anyway, um, what what I really liked before I, I wrap it up real quick on um, on Evan is the way when he zoomed with the media, um, he had this huge smile on his face wearing his Panthers draft cap the whole time. And at the end of it, he just told the media, thanks guys, enjoy your day which you just love that kind of positivity from a kid that happy, that confident to, to just chat up the media like that. So, so good on Evan. And then uh, Florida made four other picks in the draft, just quickly brushed through them. They took a left shooting defenseman, uh, Vladislav Lukashevich in the fourth round, uh, another defenseman um, out of the OHL, Brendan Haish in the seventh round, uh, forward Jacob Cause in the sixth round. He'd been playing, I believe, in Finland juniors recently. And then the pick that, you know, obviously I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, was Florida's fifth round pick, a 17-year-old goaltender out of the SKA St. Petersburg Youth Program, goalie Kirill, Kirill Girasimiak. And from the Beto, Bill Zito talking about him got me really excited, talking about how technically sound he is, uh, how he's very, very... Uh, like mentally sharp uh, just and got to see a little bit of his highlights and definitely you know coming out of that Russian goalie school that you know you've seen I mean obviously Vasilevsky you know comes to mind as an amazing Russian goaltender but like Russians that have made this transition in recent years you think of like Ilya Sorokin uh, with the Islanders you think of um, Igor Shesterkin with the Rangers uh, so you just wondered can't you know is um Jirasimiak, the the next in that line you Panthers can only hope because uh, you know as I mentioned before trading Devin Levi you, you needed to replenish that goalie prospect pool a little bit and with this fifth round pick only 17 years old so obviously you know maybe the Panthers you know did a little bit of research did a little bit of pulling just the way that the Luongo and his crew did last year with Levi so uh 
you know, obviously I'm going to be keeping an eye on this kid. Um, I love watching the KHL in general. I think it's become uh, a really solid developmental league, uh, more so than it was, I'll say, uh, especially in terms of goaltending uh, in the last few years. So, so yeah, and the KHL, they're already in their preseason. That's the cool thing about the KHL is uh, they're usually uh, opening night is like right at September 1st. Um, or, or I think last season it may have even been at the end of August. So uh, you, you get your pro hockey fix a little bit before the NHL, which is always kind of cool. Okay, so that's the draft. Now moving on, uh, let's talk NHL roster because that's, man, that's where we're probably going to have some fun next season. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting back to an 82-game schedule with the regular travel. You know, we're going to see all the teams in the league again and... That's the thing last year, as good as the Panthers were, they only played seven other teams all year. Um, and it's, you know, the same as with every team, as you only played within your division. So, you know, you didn't really get to see how teams matched up against um, anybody else until the playoffs. And by then, it's just a whole other game because it is the playoffs. So uh, this season, you, you got like a taste of what this Panthers team could be uh, last year in the 56-game schedule. And they were great. But that was just... A taste. There's still a lot to unwrap and a lot of unknown. So, uh, to the Panthers' credit, they they're going to be better. They should be better. Point case in point. Number one move made. I mentioned it earlier. Acquiring Sam Reinhart, one of you know the more elite top scorers that you're going to have in the league. Uh, got him for a lottery protected first round pick next year, and and Devin Levi, as I mentioned, the goalie prospect. Uh, lottery protected on that pick means basically if Florida totally shits itself next season and they finish and they end up with a top 10 lottery pick, they get to keep it. And then their 2023 pick, wherever it is, goes to Buffalo instead. That will be a disaster on so many, many, many levels if the Panthers end up keeping that draft pick. Um, so yeah, not, I don't see it happening. <laughs> God, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, Reinhardt comes to the Panthers as a restricted free agent. I'm sure you guys have been following along. His contract negotiations are ongoing. Uh, the last that I heard, which was a few days ago, uh, and I'm recording this on August 2nd. Uh, so the last I heard was that they were working in the parameters of a three or four year deal uh, with the uh, AAV probably between six and seven million Maybe going a smidge north, but they, it depends. Right now, uh, in terms of term, nobody other than Sasha Barkov is going to be getting a long-term deal with the Panthers right now. I mean, I say maybe next summer uh, when you think they're going to start negotiations with Jonathan Huberdeau because next summer is when he'll be eligible to start talking about an extension. He's a guy, you know, him and Barkov are, are the anchors. Ekblad, these are, these are the core group. And then eventually... Spencer Knight, you would think, but the goalie situation is something that I, I don't even want to get into on this podcast right now. We spent enough time talking about that. So anyway, back, back to Sam Reinhart. Expect that deal to get signed, I would think. I would think in the next week or so. Uh, I don't know why things have slowed down. Uh, like, nothing has been heard from... from. I've got a couple of sources that I've been talking to on this, and none of us have heard anything for the last couple of days. So maybe they're taking a step back. Maybe somebody's on vacation. Uh I don't know. I don't think there's any issue whatsoever. It's just, you know, the off season and things happen and that's kind of how things work. Sometimes they get a little dragged out. I mean, we saw how <clears throat> the Panthers were negotiating and we'll talk, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, a little 
<clears throat> a little bit later about Sam Bennett. That negotiation took a little time. Um, even the trade, the Reinhardt trade, uh, just getting uh, getting all the I's dotted and T's crossed with the, the conditional draft pick, all that, it takes a little bit of time. So expect the deal to get done soon. Uh, overall, the Panthers, like I said, they're adding an elite, elite scoring forward. This guy's got a pretty nasty little wristy, snappy looking shot, very accurate, and skills. I mean, look, with Sam Reinhardt, unfortunately, we've seen it with so many guys over the last uh you know, half a dozen years or, or you know, longer even, uh, that just go to Buffalo and, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to play here. You don't really have much talent around you. And, you know, it, for the for the great year that Sam Reinhardt had last season, it was a lot of it came after Jack Eichel was hurt. So he came and say, oh, he was staying with Jack Eichel. No, not, not really the case. Um, and, and look, the bottom line is with Sam Reinhardt, the team that he's coming to with the Panthers and whoever he ends up skating with in that Panthers top six and really whoever are going to probably be the best line mates he's ever had in the NHL. Yeah, it's just, it's just reality. I project him at this point, uh, and I'll talk about lines a little bit later in the pod as well. Um, probably I would expect him to skate on that top line uh, on the right side with Barkov centering and Verhage on the left. But again, this is Joel Quenville and you know, who knows what he might do. Last season, we didn't expect Barkov and Huberto to get split up, and that worked out quite well, I think. Um, so, options, options, options. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, moving on, uh, the Panthers re-upped Sam Bennett. Uh, I know uh, I was talking on the on the Panthers Pori podcast recently with uh, with Jake and TJ and Alex, those guys, and I know that there, there's skepticism there, and there's some skepticism that I've read on Twitter about the term of this contract, the four years, because of Sam Bennett's limited sample size of success with Florida. Granted, a immense success, probably not going to be matched when you think of 15 points in 10 regular season games and then a point per game in the playoffs. Um, but the fit, you can't deny. And, and again, it, it goes back to reiterating once again, the great combination of grit and skill. The ability to play a two-way game, to understand the point of possessing the puck and letting things form and being confident in your line mates. And these are all things that clicked so well in South Florida, not just with Bennett. They clicked all year. And you saw it with the Verhades and the Duclairs. Bennett comes in, you know, it's like a, a peg, a, a round peg and a round hole, perfect fit. And that's what it was. So you understand where they're coming from in making and in, in locking him down long term. Hopefully it's the right move. We'll see. It's a backloaded deal, so a little bit more team-friendly. Uh, I uh, Looking at the numbers now, the cap hit next season is under two. It goes up to about $3.5 million. It goes up after that to 6.3, And then in the last year of the deal, it's at five. And by then, hopefully, the salary cap will have gone up another five or $6 million, if not more, in the next three or four years, uh, which makes it that much easier to handle, which is why you get these backloaded deals. They work out well. Assuming Ford is not going to want to make a move with him, which obviously, why would you sign him? So, uh, yeah, hopefully it continues. And this looks like another very smart deal. I mean, uh, Bill Zito, that's kind of the, the theme of this off season is a lot of the guys that he tried out, gave, you know, shorter contracts to now he's locking them down. Um, Carter Verhage is another one of those guys. Uh, he, he was signed last summer to a two year, $2 million deal, to, you know, cheap, low risk. And, you know, obviously, one of the best moves, you know, that Zito has made, one of the best signings ever for a Panther player, considering how well uh, Verhage looked last year on that top line with Barkov, productive, a great two-way guy, and cheap, one million. 
uh, per year. So he gets the three-year extension that kicks in for the 22-23 season. Uh, 4.2 million AAV. I think that's pretty reasonable for what we saw from Verhage. Uh And he's still... This season, he's still on that original deal. So this season, he's still just making the 1 million. So, uh, yeah, I mean made sense they'd want to lock this guy down and if he continues again the all another thing that all these guys have in common whether it's reinhardt bennett verhage or whether guys that were already here the barkov and the huberdos the ekblads these guys are all in their mid-20s they're still maybe a year or two away from even starting to hit their primes and as good as they are looking now there's no reason to think that it's not going to get better there's no reason to think that these guys aren't going to continue to ascend and improve. And so locking them down to, you know, three, four year deals or whatever it may be that carries them up until they're about 30 years old, where their prime years are. There's a window that's opening for the Panthers right now. And uh, I mean, you can see the writing on the wall that this is maybe the best chance that this franchise has ever had to win a Stanley Cup and be a competitive contending team. And yeah, I know that they were in the finals a billion years ago, back in 1996. And, you know, those of us that were old enough to remember it, uh, it was awesome. It was great. Um, And for me, you know, that was just, you know, I got into hockey with the Panthers. So it seemed like this is something that could happen all the time. Win a playoff series. And then the next year they made the playoffs again. So it, it, you know, that team was a great team. No real superstars. Right? You remember that. But a great team with a right coach in Doug McLean uh, and and spectacular goaltending by John Van Beesbrook. Um, this team right now is Panthers. I think it's safe to say the most talented roster ever constructed under the Leaping Cat logo or the, the crest, I guess it is now. Um, it just the expectations there. Like the bar is up there last season is when they should have gotten out of the first round that that needs to happen it, it's you know it's a tough draw with tampa and you know that whole nikita kutrov and cap convention or circumvention and they didn't break any rules and i'm not mad at them for what they did it just didn't work out well you know the panthers kind of got the short end of that stick um but yeah this year is you know back to normal if the panthers are you know another one of the better eastern conference teams this year which they should be they should be a home ice advantage team in the first round. They should face a lesser opponent and and build. Anyway, I get it's August. We've got so long to go before we get there. Um, but as I said, you're, you're seeing you're seeing the moves. You're seeing everything you can put together. A, another one of those moves, bringing back Brandon Montour, who you got from Buffalo last year for a third round pick. Uh, solid defensive defenseman that adds offensive skill. He's not going to get caught out of position, especially with this Panthers team, because he's not going to be asked to be you know, the defensive focal point that he was asked at times in Anaheim and in Buffalo. In, this, in the Panthers, he's not going to be a top-pairing guy, you know, barring injuries or whatever, and that, which is good. Let him be in a comfortable role where he doesn't have to uh, assume a whole ton of responsibility. He helps out on special teams. He's tough. He brings that physical element, which you like. The offensive upside is there, but it's not necessarily something that you have to rely on. Um, and again, you get him at $3.5 million per season for three years. That's for, for a middle-pairing defenseman. That's probably going to chip in, you know, in the 30-ish point range. As long as he plays good D, which he's proven that he can do throughout his career, 
I'm good with that. That's, you know, that's what you need to build. It's just solid guys. You don't need flashy signings. You don't need to bring in an, an Anton Strawman at $5.5 a year when you're going to get better quality of play from a Brandon Montour at $3.5 a year. And as, you know, Anton Strawman, he uh, agreed to waive his no-movement clause, so he is now no longer a Panther. He was traded to Arizona, uh, a, I guess like a week or so ago or whatever it was, but just shows you the price that it cost to get rid of a contract like that. Uh, Zito had to give up a 2019 second-round pick, uh, Vladislav Kolchoynuk, who was taken 52nd overall in 2019, uh, and then uh, second-round pick in 2024. And I, I think that shows also with Arizona, just they are definitely playing the long game right now. Uh, th- this is a franchise that knows it's not going to do any winning anytime soon, and they are loading up on futures, uh, which this trade makes perfect sense. They'll take on Strawman's cap it for a year. They'll probably end up trading him during the season or at the trade deadline to a contender um, for more future assets. So this move is probably going to end up in terms of futures for Arizona to be quite profitable. And it, look, it gives Florida what it needs, which is a little bit more cap space this season. Um, I wouldn't expect it to be used up before the season per se. I mean, I don't know what Zito's got in mind, but having that cap flexibility during the year so that way, if you need to make some moves or perhaps bring in a guy without subtracting anything, uh, you've got those options. And no reason to think, no matter how good the Panthers may or may not be this season, and hopefully it'll be a very good team again, why not make it a little bit better going into the playoffs? That's what championship caliber teams do is, you know, that's like Tampa adds a Pat Maroon. Uh, just, you know, a recent example, but that's what these teams do. And so uh, Zito, at this moment, the team, the roster is pretty much in place. Uh, this the Reinhardt deal is the only thing uh, really pending at this point, and, and a Barkov extension obviously not uh, doesn't need to happen before this season starts, but probably will. Get to that a little bit later as well. Um, so yeah, I I'm curious uh, to see what Zito does with the flexibility, but I love that he's got it uh, and with the team in place. Looking at Florida's top six defensemen, I mean Ekblad and Weider at your top pairing, uh, Forsling and Montour. You would think would be the middle, although you remember last season, at the end of last season, Montour and Nudavara, uh, a very, very solid pairing. The best we'd seen out of Marcus Nudavara was when he was paired up with Brandon Montour late in the season. So that might be something that happens again, which would maybe then mean Forsling and Gudis pair up, uh, which is interesting. Um, but either way, I mean, Florida's top six in D is pretty well set, you would think, unless, you know, you get somebody stepping up like a Noah Juleson or a Lucas Carlson, both of whom were signed to two-way contracts uh, this offseason as well as Zito continued. He, he saw it last year. He loved hoarding defensemen. The Panthers kept bringing in D all year. Uh, and now, you know, that you're seeing it more so. And that's, you know, injuries are going to happen. So having that depth at, at a very important position makes a lot of sense. Um, now this season you're not going to have a taxi squad to stash anybody on, so <clears throat> two-way deals and waivers are exempt, and that's all going to come into play here. But when you look at the 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 big picture of Florida's, I guess you want to call them bubble D, 
Uh, I mentioned Juleson and Carlson. You got Chase Prisky, who, you know, the South Florida native who's you know, just went pro, working his way up. He could certainly continue on that path. Uh, Bill Zito went out of his way to mention Matt Kierstead after the uh, after the draft uh, as somebody that the team is quite excited about to see what he can do. Uh, I remember Matt Kierstead uh, signed with the Panthers late last season out of North Dakota, uh, college hockey star, uh, played seven or eight games, I want to say, with the Panthers uh, last season and did, you know, he looked fine. Uh, great his first couple of games maybe you know tapered off a little bit but you know certainly NHL caliber we'll see I you know I don't want to get too ahead of myself but again he's someone that uh, the Panthers are pretty excited about Uh, you got Kevin Knuton coming back he was solid last year Max Gilden and John Ludwig are a couple of Panthers prospects that just went pro last year Uh, we'll see if they can continue on their path, but like just, you know, going again, just going through the names, Juleson, Prisky, Kirsten, Knuton, Carlson, Gilden, Ludwig, uh, all guys that, you know, you would think are ready to take, if they're not already, you know, like a Knuton or whatever, but like the younger guys, are they ready to take that next step? Is there going to be room for them? Could they outplay a Marcus Nudevara? Yeah. You know, we'll see. Good questions to ask. And when you talk about depth signings as well, I mean, forward wise, uh Amico and Maxime Mammon both got one-way deals so they're either going to be healthy scratches or in the lineup or you know uh it's going to be pretty ridiculous competition to crack the Panthers lineup there's going to be some really really talented guys that are going to end up on the outside looking in uh and another thing when you talk about the cap flexibility that I mentioned a few minutes ago the, the depth with forwards and D also means more flexibility with trades during the season uh, goaltending depth also there. Uh, Sam Montembeau was brought back for on a one-year deal. Uh, free agent Chris Gibson was brought back or brought in on a one-year deal. Both of them two ways, so they'll be able to move you know up and down if need be. Because uh, Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight are going to be the you know one and two. You would you would think that's the expectation. They're gonna they're gonna be your guys. How it shakes out, we'll see. You know when when the season gets into it. I've said many times that I would expect them to be a timeshare. You know, I think Knight will probably play better based on what we've seen. Uh, as long as Bob plays, you know, maybe the way he did last season, the Panthers were able to win with him and goal. It wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and I would think that he was going to want to have both goalies going as much as he can. And then when he gets towards the playoffs, you start whoever's better, which, you know, if it's Spencer Knight, fine, whatever. I don't want another situation where we're starting multiple goaltenders throughout a playoff series that that was really hard to to swallow when you you go through a season like you did last year and then you get to the playoffs and it's like oh man just felt a little a little scrambly all right anyway uh i did say that i wanted to talk a little bit about the lines just kind of the way that i see them shaking out now so that i i did say verhage barkov reinhardt would be how i i kind of see the top line shaking out um, that second line, you, you got to get Huberto and Sam Bennett reunited because, I mean, amazing chemistry on and off the ice. They've been chatting it up over the summer as well. Um, and then I'd like to see Owen Tippett uh, on the right side of that second line. Tippett uh, slowly but surely progressed last season. He was playing his best, the best hockey of his career uh, late in the year and in the playoffs flashing more than he ever had. And it's, you know, made sense to think that he's just going to continue on that path continue to get better and assuming that happens which i'm thinking it does he could be a top six guy now 
Uh, so yeah, I'm penciling in Tippett on that second line. Third line, uh, optimistically putting in Anton Lundell, last year's first-round pick at center there. He looked good playing in Liga. He looked great playing uh, for Team Finland at the World Juniors last year. And uh, he'll certainly get every chance during training camp to to win a roster spot. And you would think his roster spot is going to be that third line center because uh, you don't. If he plays well enough to get in the top six, then you know our heads are exploding at that point. But uh, so let's just for now let's pencil Lundell in at, at that third line center. And then I've got him flanked by Vitrano and Duclair, speedy wingers, snappy shots, uh, sandpaper as hell, uh, moving two ways. Uh, I think. A couple of created offensive guys like Vetrano and Lindell will help keep Duclair engaged because we did see Duclair last season kind of a little inconsistent with his productivity. And then the fourth line is going to be interesting because you know that it's kind of the, the tough the the tough matchup line that Q likes to utilize. Uh, Nolachari, that uh, Swiss Army knife of a player, so he'd be centering that line. Uh, and then Mason Marchment. Got to have him out there. He he was great last year. When you say Swiss Army knife, whether he was on the fourth line, the top line, Marchment was very consistent uh, with his game. But fortunately, with his rough and tumble style, a bigger player, I believe he's 6'1", 6'2", uh, and lanky, Marchment can really play anywhere in the lineup. So you ask him to play that tough role in the fourth line, he's fine for that. And Patrick Hornquist, you remember him? Uh, one of the most important uh, off-the-ice players last year. Uh, had another great year. Uh, where, where are you going to find room for him? Well, I guess you got to put him on that, on that fourth line for now based on how, how I'm seeing things shake out. And then you've got a pencil guy, or you've got to work guys in like Ryan Lombard, who was, you know, you f- certainly had a role for him depending on what team you're playing against. And then bubble guys are like Yuho Lamico, Grigory Denisenko, remember him, first round pick from uh, 20, uh, 2018. Uh, Alexi Haponiemi, he looked good uh, in his limited time with the Panthers last season as well. Like he was ready to maybe be a little bit more consistent at, at the NHL level. Uh, I mentioned before the, the deal signed by Maxine Mammon and also E2 Lusterinen. Um, so yeah, these are all NHL caliber guys at this point. And, and as I said, there's going to be some real talent on the outside looking in. All right. So I think we've covered everything uh, that I wanted to cover today. Um, a couple of quick final thoughts before signing off. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I was going to have an update with the Sasha Barkov negotiations and uh, they are ongoing. Uh, it's been a pleasant, uh, a pretty free-flowing negotiation from what I've been told. Uh, both sides seem to be pretty much on the same page. And the deal is at at this point, it's very much expected to be signed uh, sometime probably uh, in the next, you know, I mean, what, it's the beginning of August now. I'm not sure exactly when Sasha Barkov is even coming back from Finland. You would think by, you know, early September. Uh, but you know, before the season starts, it seems like that deal is going to get done, and Sasha Barkov is going to, you know, be the Panthers' captain for a long, 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 long time. And uh, as he continues to get better and better, it's a very exciting thought to think that he's going to be leading the team for a while. Um, so yeah, all signs point to that deal happening this summer, and uh, and both sides, uh, you know, should be pretty pretty content with the way it's going to go. Um, overall, with Bill Zito, last last year, you know, he gets hired in September. Free agency starts, you know, like a month later, the draft, all that. And uh, there's been no denying what an amazing job Zito did. I know the fans talk about building him a statue outside the BBT Center already. And uh, and now really he's uh, he's committing to his deals. Uh, all these moves he made last year, all you know, all the tryout, tryout deals, you know, I mentioned for Hades, Duclairs, Gus Forsling bringing him in, guys that he acquired, Montour, uh, Bennett. 
Uh, everybody getting locked up long term now. So Zito's, you know, as I said, he's doubling down on these moves. And this, you know, for all the love that Zito's got last season and this offseason for everything he did, uh, now he's really married to these moves. And his ultimate success with the Panthers, you would think, are now going to be judged by the, these moves that he's made in less than a year. Um, now, by all, you know, by all uh, accounts, very could very easily could work out the way that it has been. And he's going to continue to be revered and, you know, maybe go down in history as perhaps one of the best front office personnel the Panthers have ever had. That's the direction it's trending, but it's trending in that direction after 11 months. He was hired last September. It's now following August. So sample size is very small. There's a lot to be excited about. Um, but yeah, Zito right now, he is, his legacy is a Panthers GM uh, right now is going to be tied to the moves he's made right off the bat because those are the guys that he's now locking in long term uh, and that's what he's going to be judged on for better or worse uh, so hopefully for all of our sakes it's for the better all right that's all that i've got for episode 35 of the chirping the cats podcast uh thanks for listening as always and please be sure to check out uh all my panthers coverage on local10.com all my written work goes up there uh, it's also on the local 10 app which you can download uh, and then follow me on Twitter at David Dwork for, you know, all my daily coverage of the Cats. I'm tweeting a lot, especially during the season. Um, and I try to interact with you guys and all that good stuff. So hope to see you out there. So again, thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast. Please, if you like what you're hearing, uh, give me a good rating. Say something nice in the comment section. Uh, and, and thank you also for enduring the summer vacation, the sabbatical of the podcast between the last episode and this one. And I do appreciate some of the comments on Twitter um, getting on me for not uh, putting together a new one. So thank you guys. I do appreciate the tough love. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves. Stay safe, be kind, and of course, stay cool.